Another Friday, another lunch with Jim and Aaron. Yeah. Double yeah. dose this week. Uh, so uh, there's a couple things uh, I want to talk about. One thing is fresh on my mind. Let me get the Q&A app open in case people join and want to see what's going on. Uh, so I, do you have raccoons in your uh, dumpster? Dumpster? No. Mm-hmm. Not that I've seen anyway. I don't think I don't see how you would have avoided them unless you never do you ever do you not take your trash out at night? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So I I live in we live in the same apartment complex, but I live like all the way in the back and it's like this whole thing is ringed in forest. So I I think that's the reason we have a coon a raccoon problem. Uh, it's not even a problem. I actually enjoy them. Like sometimes they go out and our dumpsters, you know, they have the big overhead doors, but they also have these sliding plastic doors on the side so you can kind of like slide it open throw stuff in slide it back i don't know how they do it because the door is like up to here on me like it's a good four foot it's a solid steel thing but they're able to climb up there slide the door open and get inside Mm -hmm. and sometimes i've gone out as many as six raccoons just fly out that door when i open it and um (laughs) i imagine it's it's scary to some people but i think it's funny i can imagine yeah six uh you know, just dark, shadowy objects come out of that trash can right, right. in the pitch black. Sure. Like in, in a lot of times in, um, in in TV and cartoons are always like hissing and stuff, but they, they're just silent. They're like like little ninja assassins. Hmm. Um, but I've always enjoyed them. Um, our cat, Aria, looks like a raccoon with a cat's head stuck on it. She's got like kind of like that fat, stripey body plan and a big, fat, stripey tail. Um, and we kind of tease her like, you know, hey, we ran into your uncle's outside. Uh, also, her nickname is Lady Coonheart, based off the Game of Thrones character who has not made an appearance yet. Uh, so anyway, I got a soft spot for these raccoons. I go out there today and uh, the trash went this morning. So it's like the dumpster is empty. It's a rare time where the dumpster is empty. And I go slide the door open, throw my trash. And there's two adolescent raccoons. They're not full grown. They're not babies. They're And they're huddled in the back corner. In fact, I have a picture of it that I'm going to show on camera right now. Uh, this is what greeted me when I went out to take my trash. Now, I don't know if that, that that's playing on the air, but that's actually two raccoons. There's one the face is, is facing you, and the other one was so terrified that it just buried its face into its brother or sister's ass and would not even look at me. Mm-hmm. So this is before I went to lunch today, and I there was like a a two before, a two before that was Whatever laying that behind. Is, yeah. yeah, like some sea creature. Sure, people at this apartment complex, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they stack shit that won't fit into the dumpster around the dumpster, like the trash guys give a fuck. Yep. All right, these trash guys have this robotic thing; it just picks it up, yeah. conk conk conk, and it pits it down. I don't know who eventually cleans that up, but. Um, I was grateful for today because there's a whole two by, two by four, eight foot long. So I shoved it into the side door, making like a nice like raccoon plank so they can rescue themselves. <laughs> All right. Uh, I come back from lunch and the more, the less fearful of the two is gone. And the one that had its face buried into the other's ass is like in a little ball in the corner. And now I don't know what to do because I'm starting to think maybe it's injured. Mm-hmm. Like if I call animal control, will they just like assassinate the raccoon? I'm thinking about like when mm-hmm. I go pick up my kid going to the garage and getting a length of like uh, PVC pipe and threading some 
like a paracord or some throat rope through it to make like a like one of those noose you know like you see the the animal control dudes uh-huh. so i can maybe slip around its midsection and cinch it up and like get it out of there but if it's got a broken leg is that gonna i mean i don't know i don't know what my responsibility is towards this cute woodland creature stuck in a stinking 90 degree hellhole is like i well you're as far as your responsibilities i think zero zero you have no responsibilities <laughs> Whatsoever. Yeah, if we're in, in the nature, red and tooth and claw, I could probably yeah. eat it. Sure. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would want to eat a stinking, disgusting raccoon. Well, I'm going to say, we're just talking about na- natural <laughs> ethics here. Sure, not, yeah. Uh, if it's me, I don't give a shit. Really? Like, I throw a bag in on top of its head and call it a day. <laughs> like, Seriously. There's like yeah, a living teddy bear inside there. It's not a it's teddy scared, bear. It's going to rip out your eyes if it gets it's close not to you. It's going to rip out your eyes. Oh, That's hell a- yeah, it will. That's a concern, because I hear they carry rabies, and I don't want to fuck around with that. That's the thing, man. And if it's injured, it'll come at you. But if, if, I, got that, if I got that, if I got that, if I got cinched up on an eight-foot piece of PVC pipe, what's it going to do? Nothing. Nothing, most likely. Um, so yeah. it might come at me when I let it go. Yeah, it's not going to give I you a remote, hug and say thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, my, my expectation for reward is it to scamper off into the woods safely. Yeah. I've also thought about, like, lowering a, like, a tin cup full of water. So at least it won't like because maybe it's just weak. It's been in there for I can't have been in there. My my nightmare scenario is these these raccoons were pigging out Uh and the trash guy comes kind of early in the morning and they were in there when the trash guy like emptied them. But how the hell would they stay in there? There's no way they could cling to that bare container when they're upside down and it's like shaking. Yeah. So I I it's weird. Like I've never seen a daytime (laughs) raccoon raid. That's the only way I can explain it. These guys just went up there. It's empty. They couldn't get out. I don't know. Well, don't know. it's it's brother or sister or cousin or uncle yeah. or whatever abandoned ship on it. So well, yeah, that's what they on the other do. one. So that's what they do. The 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 whatever relationship that raccoon is to the other raccoon, it said peace out. Yeah, fuck you. I'm gone. All right, <laughs> deal so with you, this on your so own. It, so when it comes so, to helping the less fortunate animals, you are like extreme right wing. Yeah, with people. That's cool. I'm I'm left wing with okay. animals. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Right. I mean, most of them are just bred to be eaten at this point, anyway. So. The, the raccoon does not follow with the bread to be eaten. No, of course they're not, they're not our. Uh, okay. Because who wants to eat a disgusting raccoon? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, was, I was joking with Cecily. I was like, you know, if I really wanted to, I'd get our like really nice cameras out and I document this whole rescue process and I'd get like a million points on Reddit. But That's I true. Just, you would. The only, the, you know, I care less about Reddit karma than you do uh, innocent animals' lives. So <laughs> I'm not going to go through all that trouble. Sure. I bet I could get just as much karma on Reddit by saying "fuck this raccoon" <laughs> while you're doing <laughs> doing your stuff. Yeah, you'd be downvoted to oblivion, my friend. Maybe so. Maybe so. You could Raccoons get... are not cute, cuddly animals, in my opinion. Like if it was, uh, I have a, a dog or something. I have a picture of oh, change God. my mind. I don't think it's going to change my mind, but I'll I'll look I at have it. a wheel this is from my old house. I had a literal wheelbarrow full of baby <laughs> raccoons. <laughs> like a Let's collection. See if I can find it. Uh like, no, it wasn't a collection. A they been working they on for a while. um we they uh had a I think their mother In the wrong context, that sounds really creepy by the way. So I had a hollow tree in my property that blew over, and these raccoons were living inside there. Mm. And there was like five little baby raccoons. And I don't know whether the mother died in the cataclysm or she's just like, you know, this is the end of times. I'm piecing out. But they were abandoned. And for several days, like I'd leave water out for them and stuff. But 
You know, it's like it's, it's I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been told that, like, if you touch baby animals, their mother will reject them because they smell like people. Hmm. Like if you see a bird out of the nest, you should just leave it there because if you touch it or if you fuck with them, uh, like, again, I don't know if that's true or false. I'm just saying that's what I've always been told. Um, God damn, I cannot find pictures on my Facebook app. But so I, I I'm I'm out saying this just so like. You know, I feel a lot of people like they find baby animals and they're like, oh, it's abandoned by the mother. It's like, well, maybe the mother just went to get food and then you took them out of their nest and it's like that. And I actually spent several days waiting for this kind of to shake out and okay. it never did. So like I said, I'm about to give up on finding this cute picture of raccoons in my ginormous Facebook feed. Who posts this many pictures to Facebook, for God's sakes? Lunatics. So many Halloweens. So People many who want to get raccoons out of dumpsters. That's who. So many museum picks and skiing picks and me setting things on fire. Uh, just, just, it just never ends. A Darth Vader shaped cake I got from you like six years ago. How's that in your recent feed? It's not my recent feed. I'm literally just flinging things. I'm, I'm, I'm high speed scrolling. Well, then I think my... you've gone back ah! too far. <laughs> no, you're wrong. You're wrong, son. Holy shit. Here How long ago did you take this picture? I don't know. A long time ago. Ten like years? When I first got Facebook. Jeez. All right. So I, don't, I guess I only had two of them in the wheelbarrow at this point. But yeah, there is a uh, raccoon. This is a wheelbarrow full of baby raccoons. It's pretty blurry back yeah, it's up blurry as fuck. It is blurry as fuck. Why well, won't it focus on that? I think we might have manual focus set on our cameras. Oh, really? Because they were jumping back and forth. Yeah. That's not so bad. No, they were super cute. And they were docile enough. You could pick them up and hold them and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got a moral dilemma. Don't know what to do about it. Uh, throw a, throw a, I don't know. Throw your cat in there. See what happens. <laughs> God, <laughs> God, a half rat, half coon. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's fixed. So that wouldn't happen. And the other one could be a female. I don't, I've never sexed a raccoon. Never, never sexed a coon. I can't say that I have either. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, uh, announcement. We just released the Mad Max 2 Road Warrior cast. Uh, commission podcast. So if you're going out of town this weekend and you want to pick up something mm. to listen to, might be a good one. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, I probably After only seeing the us, first one. Good God. Yeah. I, I was we, super happy. We hated the original Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Like, just really did not like it. Uh, so this was a pleasant surprise. I find it was really awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, uh, my life has been uh, revolving around the new Destiny update that's dropping next week. Like, we've got... The, uh, one last ride of the Bald Move clan is going to take on some of the hard mode challenges this weekend. Hmm. Uh, we're going to run Atheon tonight. Uh, might try to do Skolas this uh, weekend. Um, and I also have to beat hard hard mode Crota, but I've almost got... Uh, I've gotten to him solo, just myself, through the raid, uh, which is kind of an accomplishment. I, n- I, never, I was never able to down him because I didn't have a powerful enough rocket launcher. The last two weeks, I acquired Gout, the the rocket launcher, and I got it fully leveled up. And I've got one more. They nerf it next week, but I got one more week of it being awesome. We can down him in two rockets. Damn. So, yeah, I think I I think he's going down. If I, even if I had to do it myself, if I got other people joining me, so With much two better. rockets, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how hard he is to hit. Well, here's but... the thing. It's it's complicated because he's up on this like dais dais. And you hit him with yeah. two rockets, and he kneels, and then you've got the sword that you've killed the sword bearer, and it lasts for 30 seconds, and you thump on him, and it takes his health down, and then after, I don't know, five to ten seconds, he gets up and kicks your ass if you don't oh, abandon it. so you can down him, not kill him. Yeah, I yeah, thought you yeah, meant yeah. kill him with two rockets. But so you I can like, do it with a full load of, you know, like, I think 
so it's two rockets, two rockets, and then you've got to get him to where because another mechanic is once he gets a ten percent of the health, he enrages and like summons this oversoul thing that wipes your whole fire team. Hmm. Um, so you have to time it just so his health gets ju- like eleven, twelve percent. Then down in one final time and kill him before, and he'll enrage, but then he won't be able to get up before you actually ash him. So mm-hmm. that's the goal, and because that, and then the the whole reason this is you get a special emblem if you do all these high level things for year one players. Yeah, and like intellectually and emotionally, I have no real connection to this thing. I don't really even care. I'm never going to wear this <laughs> emblem. The only reason I'm getting, I'm thinking like nine years from now, it's going to be so fucking rare. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because only the people who was playing Destiny Destiny year one, like, and that's assuming a lot of things. Assuming that Destiny doesn't just go belly up and flop, or it's continuing to be a relevant franchise. You know, they got this ten year contract with Activision. I'm thinking like year nine, rocking that moments of triumph emblem from year one might be cool. Because possibly, yeah. You know, imagine there's a lot of stuff like that in Halo. Sure. I don't. I mean, because that's the thing. Halo never was like a really open world game where people could admire your. Your ships and equipment and armor and stuff and like, oh, where'd where'd you get that? That's a really cool looking combination. Yeah. I don't know. But I think there were like some special hats or some shit. Oh really? Like helmets that you could equip or something like that. I don't yeah. know. It's all digital bragging rights, it. but that's the thing, like I don't really want it for now. I want it for years and later when I can be a destiny hipster and be like thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But I've got this is the last week to do it and I got two things left to do, so better get on it. I'll get it done. Is it the last weekend or do you have So no, I've got all like next Monday week too. At, okay. But the problem is like all of the weapons balancing takes effect the 8th, which is this next to okay. this Tuesday. Okay. So it's going to make it almost impossible. So and I tried. I tried to solo crota at, with my regular rock and you just you just, you just can't do it. Like mm. you can, but like I almost got him, but you have to use like every bit of your fucking rockets and then a little bit of cheating with your superpowers and it's like every time you fail, you have to wait 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. For your heavy weapon synth to regenerate, for your superpowers to regenerate, and it's just not fun. It's not what I would call fun. Yeah. Whereas this thing, it's like every attempt, if you fail it, you know, you can mess around for a minute or two, pop another heavy ammo synth, and try it again. Well, it sounds like you just need one other person to go in there with you. And I don't know, because I had my son, because he's like, ever since my son started playing with me, I never tried Nightfalls unless I had a full fire team because, like, you get all the way to the end, you die, and it takes you back to orbit. You have to start all over again. And, like, it's enraging. Just having him as, a, as a, like, a scrub player to resurrect you, like, you know, okay, buddy, kneel, cloak, and then come out and save my ass. And, like, to take some of the heat off, like, it helps out a bit. What I found with him and Crota is that he, while I'm in the middle of down in Crota and whomping on the sword, he'd get his ass killed. Which summons the Oversoul anyway, and and we you can make the Oversoul go away if you do enough damage to it, mm-hmm. but with just two characters and him being dead, it's just me in the middle of beating on Crota, and we wipe. So it's yeah. like, I feel like if I had two competent players, it would be like super easy, just stupid easy. I, he, they would just rocket him, I'd go up there and whomp him on the sword, I wouldn't have to worry about switching, dropping the sword, switching my rocket launcher, picking up my sword. Um, but one kind of mid-level player, I'd that's never done it before. I don't know. It might be more of a hindrance. Yeah. But I think it's kind of All amazing. Right. You can solo an event designed for six people, but that's well, event designed for six people. What a year ago. Right. No, at level nothing 26 can save Crota from something? the ravages of power creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's magic. The gathering, right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of people that are going to hate fuck Skolas because he's like the level 35 and the players are level 34 right now. 
He's the oh, like wow. badass that's like yeah. everyone hates and it takes like six to eight hours to beat. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you can be level forty, he's just gonna be yeah. a little schoolboy mm-hmm. getting Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself with your forearms. Yeah, and Crota's gonna be like you know, just another enemy. I don't see because I what do you I don't know. This is the first MMO I've really played. But is it normal for like World of Warcraft every time an expansion comes out that old stuff is just irrelevant and no one runs it anymore? Yeah, pretty much. That's um, because I would thought that they would have a new way, like they would increase the power or they'd add new drops or something to make people worth running. Well, what it it becomes is it's not like an end game raid anymore. It's more of just like a mid game raid, you know. But why would you do that? Because it's fun. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And I, I think maybe it levels you up faster than just doing regular stuff. I don't know. It's funny because... Sure. The, the old stuff usually becomes obsolete. Back before House of Wolves dropped, when Hard Mode Ra- uh, Crota was a 33-level raid, I never... I tried playing it once, and I had no fun. Yeah. Like, I I instantly wiped at the abyss. Like, I inst- it's like, it, it, it just wasn't fun. And now I'm playing it solo, and I think it's super fun because I can take it on my own pace. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people just enjoy that extreme challenge. You mm-hmm. know, like we have to be the like on our game, or we're yeah. gonna die. Yeah, and we're gonna die fast. But there was dude solo and crow to hard mode before House of Wolves dropped, and it's like so that's like this is an extreme challenge. This is just what I'd call a challenge. Okay, I, the extreme challenges. That's back when I'm I'm 20 years out from my extreme gaming days. Yeah. So, but yeah, I and I've never really done any raids or anything like that. Really, I typically play through the level curve yeah. or whatever it is for a game, and then I'm kind of done with it. I thought it was. I just thought it was weird that they would essentially abandon that entire game activity. But I guess if that's standard operating procedure, like yeah, I th- it is. I think people will still run Vault of Glass because it. Everyone says it's fun, and I agree. It is. Um, and you can't really solo that because of the mm-hmm. way it's designed. Uh, I know people do, but they always have to cheat. Like at certain points, have three, two guys join their fire team so they can get past the section. Yeah, and then they spawn out, and you know they they do it solo. And it's also really hacky. Like you can straight up just play Crota with the right class combinations and not really cheat it. But Vault of Glass, you always have to like okay, when Atheon opens a time stream, you have to die, and then right before it wipes your team, you resurrect as the warlock, so it just avoids that mechanic. Hmm. but and that's like i don't know it's like it feels like you're abusing the mechanics more than you're just doing something really although it is also hard and challenging and it's the only way to do yeah. it so what are you going to do still kind of skill based you know yeah but i don't know it's like the last year like they're changing they're rewriting everything about like how your gear works how your experience works all your oh yeah le- all your year one gear is being essentially junked mm-hmm um, except for some of the exotics, which is kind of controversial. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Everyone says it's better. Like all the reviews are consistently saying like they actually have a story now. And even the old campaign, the way they tie it together with the quest line instead of just random stuff, it's like gives you more of a, you know, because I think that was the biggest problem is when you're playing the original. Like I think Bungie wanted you to play things in a certain sequence. So it made logical sense. But you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You could like, you know, play all the way main thing through and then do all the strikes or do them out of order. And there's no it, it robbed it of its narrative thrust. Whereas now you got a quest line. So it's very obvious that you do this and then you do this and then you do this. Hmm. Maybe it'll hang together better. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what the next evolution of like. Not the MMO, but the epic game is going to be, you know, when MMOs became a thing, they were like 
holy shit, I didn't realize a game could be this big and expansive. I mean, maybe like No Man's Sky, some some stuff like that mm-hmm. is going to come around. Um, what is that about? And do that. That's this game oh. where it's all procedurally generated, um, like on the surface of the planet. So as you're walking across the surface, but it's everything also interstellar, you see, right? Too? Yeah, and there are you know billions and billions of planets, that sort of thing. I've seen I've seen demos for that, and it they're they're cool. saying like technically you'll probably never ever ever see anybody, but you are in the same universe. Well, Star Citizen is kind of like that, too, where... It's aiming to be a lot bigger, yeah. Every, you know, you can invade a planet, and it resolves, like, first person, you can actually have armies that are player characters moving around trying to do objectives, I mean... Yeah, but it's not as far along as No Man's Sky, and uh, and maybe because it's trying to do so many other things, like dogfighting and all this stuff, but No Man's Sky, I've seen actual demos of it where you go from space to a planet, and you land, and you Mm -hmm. walk around, and it, it they... And that's massively multiplayer? Maybe a little too massively multiplayer. Really? The the universe is so massive that they say you'll probably never see anybody else. But the idea is you're kind of on the outskirts of this galaxy or Uh universe or whatever whatever they're calling it, um, whatever the scope is there, and you're heading toward the core. And, like, as you get more toward the core, there are, like, better Uh, planets and, like... And you'll start running into people. But I... I can't imagine you'll ever get to the core of the universe because the way they're talking, it's too big. Really? Like only, like I can't, I cannot imagine anybody will get there. But I'm sure there are crazy people who will play it for ten years. And well, get there. I mean, is it going to be like um, an Eve Online where you have people that meet together by agreement? Like you get together off, you you collaborate so you can form like your own little cadre of players, and then mm-hmm. you start like scouting out. So you're actually trying to find other people to destroy. Could be. I don't know. Some that stuff is kind of emergent, right? I was about yeah. to say I'm digging the games that have this kind of emergent gameplay. Yeah. So I like I'm kind of questioning what's going to be the next epic thing. I think that might be it. Just the scope, you know, the the scope with like World of Warcraft or Ultima or any of those were were taken to kind of a big continent. Mm. Now we're talking about the entire universe and like the planets inside of it and like just huge huge games that's because i've played games like that like you know elite and star control 2 where you do have this big massive world but you're all alone in it literally it's populated Mm -hmm. by npcs and stuff but yeah um and even stuff like eve you know you can't go land on a planet and no you know do whatever you're gonna do although i i'm not sure that's factually true is that true now i i know they have that whatever it is that 514 game or something that you can go to First star bases shooter. and walk around, can't yeah, you? Yeah, you can. But so it's like there's no reason you couldn't go and land on a planet. They just probably if if they haven't implemented it yet, maybe. Maybe I haven't played even a very I was going to say time. I yeah. I I I followed it the last time there was this massive war. Yeah. Um where they, you where know, billions of isk were lost. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of real life dollars yeah. were in a massive faction war and that was really interesting. It sounds amazing. It is, but it's like one of those things where it's like I would rather follow it from afar. Yeah, the investment required to get to the point where you're involved with something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I guess you could try to go in and just join up with those factions and be also, a low level nobody. I also hear it's the ultimate like you don't have a lot of time to play it game. Uh-huh. Because like you can log in and tell your player that I want to practice these disciplines and then log off and your character is leveling those up while you're offline. Yeah. So, you know, if you find the right clan, it's just, you know, they're, you're never going to be one of the two that are like 
trading Titanic punches and this particular thing, trying to take yeah, over the planet. Yeah, flying dreadnoughts or But whatever. you can, you know, take over an asteroid field or chase pirates or you can mm-hmm. have a lot of fun on the fringes of the game. I don't know. Yeah. Eve, Eve has always been really fascinating to me. Uh, I've got a couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the Narcos. What's a new oh, yeah. Netflix series? Is that it? Narcos. Narcos? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about Narcos and I want to talk about maybe Fifty Shades of Grey. But let's see. I see we have some people. Uh, oh, Jeff K's calling you out, man. He says, "Where's the fine quality liqueur beverages this week?" I've got the uh, I've got my default whiskey Coke. I'm still warming up with coffee this morning. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to get too crazy. You yeah, you're right. I do need to make something. You did make us all um, not quite as fine uh, of of. Uh, well, of a Bloody Mary, but whatever you could scrape together on the island, Bloody Marys for breakfast one morning last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, the ingredient list wasn't so hot there on the island. Uh, they didn't have, like, the five pounds of tomatoes I would have needed. Sure. Of, like, fresh, ripe tomatoes to make the uh I wonder what they would have done if they bought juice. every fucking tomato in that store. <laughs> well, whoever likes tomatoes on the island would have went <laughs> hungry. The BLT guys would have been. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they probably had five pounds of tomatoes, but they... I don't. They didn't all look ripe to me, like mm. ready to go. So I didn't want to get a bunch of unripe tomatoes and sure. try and make tomato juice out of it. Sure. But yeah, I was scraped together. You know, bought a thing of Campbell's or whatever uh, tomato juice and made mm-hmm. some Bloody Marys. wasn't bad. wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, next one, Anthony B, the commission uh, commissioner of the Road Warrior podcast himself, says, "Super happy you enjoyed the Road Warrior. Can't wait to listen to the cast. Well, I hope you enjoy it. We talked yeah. for an hour plus on it, and again, like I said, I was." I wasn't pleasantly surprised. I was blown away by the quantum leap in quality it took across the board from Ro- from Mad Max to Road Warrior. Yeah. Um, and I want to know your opinion on this, Anthony. So I read the review for Roger Ebert for Thunderdome. He gave Road Warrior three and a half stars. He gave Thunderdorm Thunderdorm. He gave Thunderdorm a form, <laughs> That's an entirely a form storm movie. score. He gave it a four perfect four star score. Uh-huh. And is that he says it's the best one? It's the most imaginative. It's got the best characters. Got the best action. I've seen Thunderdome back when I was like eleven or twelve, and I don't remember it being that way. Hmm. But you know, it could be an acquired taste. Is do you agree with Roger there? Do you, is it better than the Road Warrior? Because if so, holy shit! Yeah, I um, seen that. like I think we have a little debate at the end about Fury Road and whether it's better or not. I want to spoil it, but like. I even had a really hard time deciding if I liked Fury Road better than the Road Warrior, which is saying something. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Michael G says, do you guys have any future plans for Twitch or YouTube streaming beyond lunch? I really enjoyed your Twitch Gang Beast FTL gameplay. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. We do, but it's like one of those things where it's got to be the... YouTube Gaming just launched, by the way. We maybe want to get in on that. I don't know. What do you mean? You mean they've actually got a whole official arm that's just for gaming? Gaming.youtube.com, yeah. How do they do? Because the big thing with gaming is like it seems like you have to be part of a media conglomerate or you get – you can't monetize. Is this their answer for that? So that like YouTube's getting into their own like we're going to take care of the licensing kind of thing? I mean I don't don't think that's true on Twitch. I think with Twitch you just – Twitch puts in the the ads and you get paid, or you know people buy subscriptions. Well, maybe and the same thing is true of YouTube. So, oh, because I've heard that uh, for many. Because I've I've actually starting since I started playing Destiny, I've gotten into not the Let's Play, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys doing like schools 
like this is how you solo this and this is how like sniper school and crucible school and things like that and i've watched some of these guys go from like 300 to 30,000 subscribers and like i literally watched this guy mike go from hanging out a shingle to being invited to a destiny event a live stream reveal he's one of the top one percent crucible players uh in three months and he mentioned that like being joining one of the content networks is what allowed him to monetize his content. And I've heard that from several other people too. Like when every once in a while, like a PewDiePie or something a- like that will will get on and uh, do an AMA on Reddit. Is he on YouTube? Yes. YouTube has built in monetization stuff. What I'm saying is the like Activision would cease and desist his videos if he tried to monetize them. Unless you're part of a content network that somehow pays these people under the table and then they keep half of what you earn on the ads or it's actually proprietary. They're not allowed to talk about their content deals. But Man, fuck that. Start a subscription. Know, start a membership program like we did. Sure. I mean, that's one way to do it. But it's. I think that's only something you can do if you have an established audience. Well, so, it sounds like he does. Well, right? what I'm saying is then what he uh, – with 30,000 subscribers, he might have 50 now. He just went to a content aggregator. They took care of it all for him. Oh, yeah. They're taking care of him. Well, for sure. not everybody can just, like, roll out a – it's debatable whether we can. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, we want to do that. It's just finding the right game that is, like, entertaining and funny um, and that we're both interested in and we have time to do. But, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. I thought what I I think a real missed opportunity is when we first started playing Rocket League. Some of those first games are hilarious, mm-hmm. and now we're in the stage where we're taking it a little bit too serious. So it's no <laughs> longer probably fun to stream. Yeah, but yeah, we missed missed a boat on that. Uh, okay, Anthony B's got the got the goods here. He goes, I don't get the four star review from Ebert. I had problems with. Uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It has great moments, but not anywhere near Mad Max 2. You get that with Ebert. Like, one out of 100 reviews. Usually when he gives a review and I don't agree with it, I can be like, oh, I see where he's coming from. Hmm. Um, I don't agree with him, but I see his point of view. I don't know enough about Beyond Thunderdome, but... All right, I'm a little, my ardor for that has cooled quite a bit. Uh, let's see... Dan G, it's a random question, but you guys talked a bit about being famous last week or not wanting to be anyway. Just wonder if you had any weird experience with podcast fame. It's surprising when I hear to say you get hate mail. It's not bad, but when I say I get hate mail, like reliably, if we talk about anything dealing with religion or politics, people will tell us to stay in our lane. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do it. Sometimes they do it. Um, mildly something but most of the time the type of people that get worked up about that stuff they're not the types that are going to be cool about hearing people ha- have a different opinion from there so they just get some worked up they don't they when they they listen to their breaking bad podcast or whatever they don't want to get worked up so um you know we get by far more love than we do hate um but i don't know if you've ever had to deal with it but like i just don't deal with it very well like, I can read 50 positive iTunes reviews, and, like, a one-star review that tells me I'm stupid is the one that sticks with me. Yeah. yeah. So I try to uh, engage with the positivity and kind of ignore the negativity. And I can't even imagine. I know there's some uh, popular people that, like, get people telling them to kill themselves and stuff, like, on a daily basis. Like, I don't fucking know how you deal with it. I really don't. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, there's some criticism that hits home more than others. If somebody says, go die in a boat fire, I'm like, whatever, fucking 12-year-old, go fuck yourself. I don't care what you have to say. Uh, But, you know, some of the... Some of the more pointed criticism. Someone says, way to leave hit. a sneeze in the latest Breaking Bad podcast, jackasses. Then that's like, oh, that stings a bit. Uh, or if I get, <laughs> like, another one that stung. Like, I actually came out of Twitter retirement. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, some guy Your called me. memory. Uh, I apparently, before we got on a boat at Beaver Island, I said that I would be surprised if Fear the Walking Dead got 5 million viewers. And then I was saying that I think it would be disappointing that they only got 8 million or whatever. And guys like you know what? How do you explain that? And I'm like, it really shook me. I'm like, because I was so convinced that the one way is that's how I really felt. And this a week before I went on record saying the other thing. But I find that I yeah. do that with our own shows, like and our stats and stuff. Like, like I'll go and be like, oh man, we are really sucking on The Walking Dead right now. And then I'll go back and look at our stats the year before, and I'm like, oh, we actually have double the traffic. Yeah. So we're not stagnant. We, we had are, way more than I thought we did. Or, or, or I'll, I'll, like at the beginning, I'll write down, like, because uh, that's some a game we play. We haven't done it lately, but when we started doing new shows, we'd, like, say, what are we going to cons- – because that's – you got to have a metric of what is success and what is failure or what the hell are you doing. So we'll, like, when you do a new show, we'll be like, okay, what do we consider this a success? What's a wild success? What's a disappointment? What is we're never doing this again? Mm-hmm. We kind of write those numbers down because what we found, if we didn't, we would move the goalposts in our own damn head. Mm-hmm. Like if we wanted to get 5,000 weekly listens and we were getting 10,000, we're like, oh, man, that seems low. So we started writing it down and every single time by the end of the season, I would remember that we had a goal that was much higher and that we were failing to hit it. But I don't know. That says probably a lot about me. I'm... I'm I'm more quickly moved the goalpost towards failure than success. Hmm. I don't know, but yeah, I'm glad I write. I'm glad we track that and write that stuff down. The other thing that really annoys me the the one like it's not even a criticism. It's a personal preference that people just like write in and tell us why the fuck are you covering this show when there's this show, this show, this show that you could be covering. Yeah, and I'm like, we got a lot of that with the Fear of the Walking Dead. A it's my fucking show. If I <laughs> want to talk about this, I will talk about this. Yeah. Uh, B, I'm not interested in half of the shows you listed. Yeah. So the podcast that I would do on those would be a podcast you don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, it would either be boring or it would be dismissive. Um, and I, like, the people who write in are like, oh, oh, you're concerned with the ratings because you're doing Fear the Walking Dead. No, I'm a fucking zombie fanboy. Yeah. I like that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like... Whatever, I, I haven't seen Humans. I haven't, Mr. Robot is a first season show that nobody expected to be any good at all because it's USA. Mm-hmm. How the fuck are we going to cover a USA show day one? Yeah. But there's there's literally no premise for a show that they could come up with that would make me cover that show day one. Sure. Period. Now, if we, if that's the thing. Like, if we got, I think those criticisms would be a little bit more valid if we started getting, like, advanced, if people started taking us seriously as critics and they would give us, like, screeners for all that. Because sure. I don't know if you would, yeah. but I absolutely would give every first episode that they send me a, a, a play. And if, if oh, I'd gotten yeah. the first episode of uh, Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. I would have tied you up, sat you yep. down, <laughs> propped your eyes open, and said, you watch this. You wouldn't have had to because I would have been all over it. Well, no, I like, mean, I don't. Mr. I Robot, think it'd be what Mr. I've seen no, is I, awesome. No, what I'm saying is like to get you to watch the disc. I with no with you, stuff that's preview like that. I would be all over that. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. I'd be like, 
ooh, I'm going to get to watch this before anybody else, okay. that sort of thing. All right. But that might be the first time, but when you get 50 in a year, and there's that's also when you the, start to get the problem. the commitment to it, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to commit to doing a thir- even a 13-episode run mm-hmm. without having seen something. So, like, with these, like, if we were to get screeners, a two-episode run of something, hell mm-hmm. yeah, I'll watch that. But we do do that sometimes. That's like with Fargo. not even an evening worth. Like Fargo and Better Call Saul. Sure, but Fargo and Better Call Saul both had this awesome pedigree. Like, if Mr. Robot was the sequel to, I don't know, The Matrix or Hackers or something, I would, yeah, right. yeah, that would be a lot better sell, you know? Yeah, but there's stuff that's, like, marginal. Like, I'm really personally interested to see Vinyl, which is the follow-up yeah. for Terrence Winters, but I'm not sure I want to commit to doing a day-one podcast on it. Yeah. Um, it just Is it because on... the subject matter? It's not super interesting to you? Uh no, like I you said, said the, that the I, '70s rocker thing I did was not, not give a shit. Yeah, did not give a shit. But then I saw the trailer and I saw who no. was in it, and like I mean that's I guess what I've come to realize is I can get engaged by anything if it's well told and it looks good and mm, it yeah and it has some kind of complexity to it. Um, conversely, stuff that's like pitched right down my uh you know right down the home plate, I will be turned off on because it's executed poorly, sure or whatever. Um, that's fair so yeah it's it's kind of a crapshoot it's tough it's really it's really tough and like i'm not saying we're all consistent um all the time with what we do because sometimes we just kind of follow our gut mm-hmm. um but yeah we're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy We've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Let's see what the other thing is like, man, I after last lunch on Monday, I kind of hyperventilated because I'm like, I cannot fucking believe we were that brutally honest about how we feel about some things. And like people don't think we're monsters. And I listened to Penny Arcade. They do 
like once a week they they who are truly monsters <laughs> uh yeah no like they did like some of the things mike said were so raw and real about how he feels about interacting with people and i found it super interesting and i suddenly felt better because i'm like okay um if if this is a mistake then people bigger and with more money and more skin in the game than us are making the same one so fuck uh-huh. it you know it's like i'm i'm not saying it for a stunt it's, it's maybe honest. a mistake like that could kill a burgeoning <laughs> flower here yeah i come back whereas this i check penny arcade and they're disconnected there's like <laughs> no 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 i mean maybe they're they're invincible from mm. that sort of thing just because of how big and established they are mm. whereas it could kill us you know that's a weird thing though because like I've kind of reinvested with Penny Arcade with their the DLC that they're putting on um, YouTube. But there's a good year that I just kind of like stopped being there where it stopped being a day one read for me. And that's like my yeah. biggest fear with Bald Move is like, are we going to get complacent to the point where uh, we no longer are people's like day one listens on stuff? Well, I, I mean, I don't know that that's because of them. I think that's because of you. I think no, people's it's... interests wane on certain things, right? You can't be a lifelong ecstatic fan about something. You're going to have moments where, oh, you know, my life just doesn't have room for that. Or I'm like, I, I see people writing into us and saying, you know, I haven't listened in months, but I came back for this podcast and I'm sure. really glad I did. And that makes sense because our stuff is not pitched I, to everybody. But like, and I do that with like Giant Bomb. Like, mm. even though all of their stuff is consistently the same and I enjoyed it at one point, I kind of wane. But I, you know, I keep my membership there. So when they do something cool, I can participate. I guess I compare it to like Bill or yeah, Bill, Bill Simmons, you know, I started reading him when he just joined ESPN like 13 years ago and I followed him every single step of the way. And like he was day one, read and listen for every single, even regardless of subject matter, like maybe 10 podcasts out of 500. I didn't listen to or Mm -hmm. didn't finish because I'm like, this is just, I just really don't care about it or this guest sucks or whatever. Um, and I'm like counting down the days till he comes back. I guess October one, he's debuting his new podcast for HBO. Um, I mean, that's the kind of relationship I'd like to have with the penny arcade guys. And they haven't changed. It's just like, no, Mike's art is a little different and it's hard to keep up with. And they're doing more kind of out there things. And it's not like I stopped loving star Wars because the prequels suck so bad kind of thing. It's more like this doesn't, I wasn't as big as a gamer for a long time. That's, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying is like people, people's interests change and, uh, you know, they, they leave stuff, they come back to it. Why later. can't people it's, love us all the time at maximum level? It's not going to happen, man. If that's really? what you're expecting. Is that unrealistic? You're setting yourself is up it? for oh, disappointment. Okay. Yep. Let us uh, get off of that subject. Um, all right. So I want to talk about Narcos a bit, just for a bit. Okay. Uh, because this isn't going to be an excessively positive review. I like the show. I think it's good, but I would say it's not great. Hmm. But the caveat here is that I, re- I, I've, I know a lot about Pablo Escobar, mm-hmm. and like I read Killing Pablo. I've seen at least two documentaries on the subject, and I've read books about this thing, like fictional books set in that same thing. Uh, and I feel like a lot of st- I, I don't know that it, it, it would be more mind-blowing if I didn't know the things about Pablo Escobar and the drug war that we were fighting in Colombia and South America in general. So, like, it's one of those weird things where I feel like, I don't know, uh, like a book reader for Game of Thrones, only even more extreme, because, like, there's some things I can't tell they're being dramatized, 
hmm. because I don't have a perfect memory of what happened, but sure. none of it surprises me. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, hmm. I think there's some things that people would be shocked because they are almost too big to be believed. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the things that happen is, like, you wouldn't believe the U.S. would do that or that our federal <laughs> agents would do that or you wouldn't believe that a guy could do this and almost take over a country yeah. selling drugs. Mm-hmm. But he did. Like, it's a matter of public record. So it's like, if you are not aware of that, I think it's, like, very similar to, um, you know, a Boardwalk Empire or a Breaking Bad. But if you are familiar with it, I there is something missing there. Like, this guy is a really good Pablo Escobar. This one, like, um, I know Sepinwall and De- Feinberg really didn't like the blonde-haired, mustachioed DEA agent. I think he's great. And uh, Pablo, who's the guy that played... Um, this the the viper uh oh on that guy pablo, yeah, I don't know pablo escobar yep pa- uh, pablo escobar playing a henchman of pablo escobar he, he plays like um a kind of an undercover latin dea agent and oh he's, he's for the dea okay yeah he's terrific cool. uh and like i said it's it's all good it's just i feel like i know what the playbook is going to so i'm just kind of watching yeah. it there's some of that stuff that's robbing me of the, the value well I have seen a documentary, uh, one documentary on Pablo Escobar, and I think, like, I want to say it was also called Killing Pablo, but I'm not certain about that. I think there um, is there is one that was a National Geographic that was based on Mark Bowden's book of the same name. I, okay, that that was probably it, because I, I remember, you know, the whole, like, search for him. He's holed up in this hotel or whatever in the middle of the city, and they're flying helicopters around, and they've got all this surveillance and that kind of stuff, and they finally find him yeah. uh, in that one building and just take him out but that no spoilers what okay, come on <laughs> the book's called killing bob it's history how do you spoil history yeah um uh but but yeah um it's on my short list it's probably like it's not ahead of mr robot certainly I it's wanna, five i'm five I might episodes take this, into it this holiday weekend and watch through mr robot yeah i can't remember how many narcos are in but it's an easy thing to watch too so i'm like i i'm on i'm five episodes into it and i'm thinking i'm gonna finish it um nice but yeah uh if you if you do get into it i wouldn't mind talking about it but mm-hmm. uh definitely want to talk about mr robot when it's over that's yeah. i think the premiere for that or the finale that is this week cool uh well, then I can... might have already happened actually usa not pushing it a week for the holiday like amc does well did you know that they canceled the finale they pushed the finale already one week because i guess something happened oh yeah the shooting was mm-hmm. too uncomfortably close to what happened in virginia last week yeah so, so they had planned to have it done already. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure or not. we talked about that last time. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, 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 we did. We did. Um, let's see. All right. I'm going to I am going to talk about Fifty Shades. I want to get to some other stuff real quick, too. Uh, Justin K said, before you guys sign off, can you do a quick reminder for the Fantasy Football League? There's one spot left. Thanks. Yes, we will. If anybody's Fantasy listening. Football. So here's the. There's an official bald move league. Neither Jim or I are involved uh, because I just it's just, an unofficial bald move league, right? It's pretty fucking. We're, we're official. donating a prize. Well, not really. They're <laughs> we're taking all of the so so. It's a okay. So donating is the wrong word. You but. have to pay. Yeah, we we are being handed the cash value of the prize and then giving the prize as a commercial transaction. This here, was not our idea, by the way. It was not our idea. No. It's, uh, Hatorian is running it on the forums. And if you go to forums.baldmove.com, there is two uh, fantasy football threads if you want to get plugged in. But the upshot is it's a pay league, $25 per entry. The grand prize is a commissioned podcast by us. Yeah. So you can potentially get a commissioned podcast for 25 bucks. 
And I think what it's they're doing, they're, I, I don't know if this is and official And there are only 10 spots. They're thinking about putting that your team name has to be what you want to be commissioned. So you actually can see like the huh. Princess Bride cool versus idea. the Godfather 3 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, don't commission the Godfather 3. No, we're going to do that. Heads up. We're just going to straight that's up That's our Christmas that. present this year. Yeah. Don't tell, don't tell the kids. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's kind of exciting. And uh, you can pay for the league on our shop. And you can get signed up on the forums. And uh, Hotorian is a semi-professional or a very experienced league manager. And he says it's all going to be above the board and <laughs> and uh, there's not going to be any skullduggery. And I said, hey, right. as long as no one gets like, as long as there's no collusion or bullshit and no one has any super offensive team names, I'm fine. Whatever you do. So, uh, yeah, uh, get, oh. get on that if you want to see it. Oh, there are two in stock. Two spots left. Two spots left. I think one of those someone's signed up and they haven't paid for yet. Uh, they better get on it. Yeah, because whoever starts, gets the that... draft is this weekend. Oh, I do really? know that. I Jesus. Think yeah, yeah, they'd better definitely get on it then. Um, and then one more, and then we're going to get to sec, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. For a game, y'all should consider Binding of Isaac Rebirth, rogue type legend of Zelda, dungeon diving type game with very oh, yeah. strange and twisted religious humor undertones. For the Maker sure. Super Meatbo. I own that I'm game. I'm familiar with that. Have you played it? Uh, I haven't played it, but I've seen people play it and I've heard a lot of discussion on it. I bought the game when it was on sale for the winter sale on someone's recommendation. I haven't gotten around to playing it yet because I got Destiny for Christmas and I haven't played another fucking game besides Rocket League since. (laughs) It's insane. I got a free copy of Batman Arkham City. Wait, no. The newest one. Arkham Knight. Whatever the latest one. It is still shrink wrapped because I can't tear myself away. I cannot tear myself away. I I started to because like Destiny started running out of stream steam for me the last month. I've just been kind of like rounding out my exotics equi- uh, and I call it doing my Destiny cho- homework, my chores. I go and run the weekly three times to get my strange coins and all that bullshit. Yeah. But then Rocket League came out. So like I'm hoping that with the Taken King, I'll get another you know month to six weeks of really hardcore Destiny out of it. And then I hope you recognize that you you are now doing what you hoped you would never do, which is playing an MMO and it has become a chore. But it's no longer a fun gaming no, experience fun. for you. It is it's fun. It's like I got to go play Destiny on Friday because Zer's there. I got to I got to milk out some strange coins before that. So <laughs> I'm going to do these four runs. You are you are doing exactly what you hoped you would never do. But it's 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 still fun. <laughs> like, is it is it are you sure about that? I don't know. I'm not I'm not shitting on a bucket. Like I haven't gotten to that. Like I That's haven't true. That's I'm not true. canceling like to me, it becomes a problem when you start canceling real life stuff. Yeah. In favor of what you have to do in your game. Uh huh. Like I had a buddy like that that would like we were going to go out and see a movie, and he canceled because they got to do a raid tonight. Yeah. And his clan needs him, and I'm like, well, fuck <laughs> well, me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? pretty, pretty much. Okay. So yeah, I haven't seen you do that at all. All right. So please do. You're like, getting like, close. You're, if, if I get to that point, you're edging toward it. For if I start sure. sucking dick for destiny. <laughs> Let let me know. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so Wes Stevens, can you talk about Fifty Shades? I've been curious about what you have to say since you teased it last lunch. Mm. Oh, we're we're out of time. We're out of time. It's, yeah. This is going to be like uh, the Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. He just always gets uh, we're out of time. Isn't that the... I, I don't I'm pretty Jimmy sure. Kimmel. I, have no I haven't either, but like Bill Simmons is friends with him, so I know like the meta of the show. Gotcha. Uh, but he had, I thought it was Matt Damon that uh, he was always teased as like being on the show. But oh, they ran out of time. He'll be back tomorrow. 
Gotcha. Um, maybe it was Ben Still, maybe it was somebody else, but whatever. Uh, so Cecily's read all of these books because she, whenever there's a cultural phenomenon, whether it's stupid or not, she has to like get in and sample it. And Twilight, she read Twilight. Um, she read Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. I actually enjoyed the first two books. The last book was a shit show. First movie was okay. Um, I thought the second movie is okay. But Never like, saw it. I, I haven't seen, I, I guess part three, part one is already out and part, I haven't. This is a Final Fantasy syndrome here. Well, no, they, this all started with Harry Potter where they broke the last yeah. book into two movies to milk out a sequel and then Twilight did it and then like every fucking franchise is, is doing it now. Like Hobbit took it to the extreme. They had one good movie and they broke it into three. Um, I wonder what those would look like as TV series. The Hobbit? No, no, God, no. Hunger Games. The Hobbit doesn't warrant a TV series. It doesn't even warrant two movies, let alone three. The Hunger Games you're talking about? Yeah, like Hunger Games or Harry Potter or something. Mm. See, I think, I actually think, um, because I'm rereading the Harry Potter series with my son. We're Mm. on the Goblet of Fire now. And I used to think, like, well, these are the definitive versions of Harry Potter. They'll never remake them. And I'm starting to think that maybe that's not true. Hmm. Like, 20 years from now, some network will commission a Harry Potter series and do like the whole seven books and do it like an exhaustive detail because they'll have the budget and they'll have, you know, they'll have a whole new generation of fans and Dan Radcliffe will be 40 years old and maybe he can play like maybe he can play. uh, Who would he play? It'd be fun to see him play Snape, but he doesn't have the oiliness. I shouldn't know. These characters, you should. These are good. These are good but, books and films. But what man. I mean, like, it's so pervasive that I know sure. the names and some of how the characters look. Stumblefuck and <laughs> Snorp, uh-huh. sure, and, and Haggis, yeah. big hairy Haggis. But like, I've never read the books. I've seen sure. half of the first movie and fucking hated it. Uh, so this is a really weird way to get into Fifty Shades. But I'm trying sure. to defend my but, girlfriend. Now, you know, it's it's in a genre, right. kind of. Um, I don't – I'm trying to think if Cecily actually made it through all three books because they're they're terrible. I actually sat down to read Fifty Shades about three or four years ago because, like, so many of the girls I knew were reading into it. And I'm like, okay, kinky S&M sex. Why not? Let's see what the – let's see what's getting the girls moist nowadays. I couldn't make it halfway through. It was by far the worst written, professionally edited book I've ever seen. Well, and- it started as Twilight fan fiction, right? I did not know that going into it, okay. but knowing right. that now, it makes total fucking sense because it is exactly yeah. the same story. Instead of a supernatural vampire, you have a 27-year-old billionaire mm-hmm. who owns a multinational company that doesn't even do anything as far as I can tell, yeah. who is a professional racer and a professional helicopter pilot. He's Batman and a professional- the he gear. fucking is Batman. Yeah. And he's Bruce Wayne. He's Bruce Wayne without the Batman. And he fixates on this young nothing of a girl. Yeah. She's not particularly physically attractive. Um, you know, I can see where that would be she has, attractive to. She's indecisive. She's um, unsure of herself. She's mm. She's a virgin. Yeah, so I can see where it would be attractive so, to the book readers frankly like if you're a young woman uh, yes. late teens early 20s and you're reading this shit and you're like you know you haven't done much with your life yet because 
you're a kid. Yeah. And this really just accomplished, important, great looking, impressive guy is falling yeah. in love with you. Of course. I or, don't have a problem with not as falling as... in love. I don't know what's happening in this book, but I don't get the impression that it's love. Well, see, it's like that's the thing. It's like I don't like if you whatever you read to get to get your stroke off, I don't care. Like sure. yeah. I understand that that can get weird. Like, you know, if you want to read a rape fantasy mm-hmm. and that's what it needs to get to get to for you to get off. Okay, fine, whatever. What I don't like to hear it is when people tell this like it's a great romance. Like that's mm, the thing yeah. with like you know, if it's a fantasy, fine, but it's the same thing with Twilight and Fifty Shades because this Christian guy is scary. Uh-huh. She tells him at some point to like go away, I don't want to see you. He stalks her to this club. Uh, um she calls him and he finds out that he's drunk. He's like, You shouldn't be drinking. Stay there. He comes, he like shoves this guy that was hitting on her, who probably I don't know, it seems like he was gonna try to date rape her or something. So he's kind of heroic only because he happened to be right in that situation. Yeah, but he was creepy. But in at the first every place step of the and... line, he does dis- completely disregards what this woman is telling him to do as far as her personal space. Yeah. And it's also kind of a really shitty introduction to like S&M or B- BDSM or master slave co- contract. Mm. Like all this is way shittier. It's a way shittier version of secretary. The James Spader, Maggie Gyllenhaal movie that came out like 15 years ago. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like, Secretary is just as erotic, is actually got a better story, is mm-hmm. better acted, it looks better. Yeah. It's it's superior in every way to this fucking thing. And the dialogue, like, I bailed out before I got to the truly heinous thing. Like, at one point in his movie, he says, Laters, baby. And I'm like... Is 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 that from the book? Or are they taking the piss? Like that's his. That's yeah. what he. That's how he says goodbye. Nope. This twenty-seven-year-old billionaire with a sophisticated taste says "later's baby" mm-hmm. as his signature catchphrase. <laughs> wait, wait. He says it more than once. Yes, that becomes a thing. For yes. Him? Fuck. That's like their their pillow talk. So here's the other thing. So I started reading because I'm like, okay, take out the trash. Later's baby. <laughs> <laughs> because I, from what I remember of the first book, this was a slavish adaptation. Like they didn't change any of the dialogue to make it more believable. Okay. They, I, I thought the cast was pretty much exactly how I expected them to be. Um, I was kind of surprised at how um, smutty it was. Like there is like really explicit sex scenes. Like oh, okay, one step beyond like Skinamax stuff. Hmm. Uh, I like- don't. <laughs> You never see his penis, of course. Well, yeah. Of but course. you do see her, like, uh, you know, vag- v- vaginal assembly. Not like up close and gynecological, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, how Carl Sagan wanted a Voyager plate to be. Uh, <laughs> you can see her cleft. <laughs> like, a, like a front view? Yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe yeah. even from the back a little bit. Um, yeah. but you, don't, you don't see buttholes or dick. That's the only thing that separates it from a full on porn. Buttholes right. and dick. Yeah. Um, but I, it's. I, I just. I read these interviews and the person that wrote these books is E.L. James character who wrote this fanfic, this Twilight fan fiction. She's incensed. She thinks it was a betrayal of her books and that she got into fights with the directors. And like, I guess everyone is being thrown out and and and, and they're going to restart everything for for part two. And I don't know what she's talking about, man. You wrote the words coming out of these people's mouth. You wrote these situations. If anything, I read like the omissions <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like some of the more embarrassing things they took out. And if 
I'm kind of excited to see a part two that like has she has complete creative control over because <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a even more like this. No, dude, this is like some things I was watching. Like, like I was embarrassed for everyone involved. Wow. And it's not about me being a prude. Actually, I thought the sex was the best part of the, the movie. That was the most consistently well shot, interesting parts of the movie. All right. It's just everything else in it is a train wreck. <laughs> This cr- the, I have zero none of these characters. To see any would of you see shit. a Rift Tracks version? Yeah, hell yeah. Do they have them? Do they have one? I don't know because the the thing about Rift Tracks is the worst. They don't know what to do with the sex scene. They don't know what to do with anything a little controversial or anything that's like considered adult content. Yeah, anything you would watch with your parents and maybe like kind of clam up a little bit. Okay, they do the exact same, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a little too much cursing, a little too much gore. Yeah. And they just go off into these these like distracting sideshows with their disembodio or whatever. Yeah. Like that's the thing that like ruined their their version of the room for me. Is like cuz there's so sex many scene. extended nonsensical sex scenes in like the first 45 minutes of that film. Uh-huh. And these guys have no like the second half uh was actually really funny. They actually mm, just had some okay. really funny riffs, and the movie actually started hanging together to bed. There's less sex scenes and all that stuff. Yeah, didn't just... we try to watch the riff tracks of that once and didn't make it halfway through that thing because it wasn't funny and it was Well, I know so we awkward. tried to watch The Room straight up once. Okay, and maybe we that did, was it. We yeah, didn't yeah. get past it. It, it was, was fucking like, terrible. It's, I mean, it's I've terrible. seen a lot. I've seen Mano's Hands of Fate. Uh, I'll put it up with Birdemic. Bird Birdemic. I'll put it up with the Birdemic. I got through Birdemic. Um... But yeah, the the riff tracks was the same way because it was just the sex scenes and they didn't have anything funny to say about them. They just mm-hmm. were yeah. trying to shuck and jive the whole time and it just wasn't working for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What else? Uh, I saw a fucked up. I saw an old man's penis this week. Where? <laughs> In a movie called Dog Tooth. It's uh, <laughs> where's it from? It's from. Uh, Why did you watch Dog Tooth? Wait, do you know what Dogtooth is? No, I'm oh. just saying you so saw the, Dogtooth the, on Netflix and you're like, yeah, I'll I mean, watch the poster that. isn't an old man's penis. <laughs> Come on, and it's not on Netflix. Uh, so it's it. The premise is kind of interesting. So it is. It's also kind of fucked up and weird. I, I feel like I'm on cocaine because my nose will not. Uh, I will not stop itching. Yeah, I've. I, I think allergies season is that what is, it is? is in full swing. Oh my right god! Now. I was like, every one of my mustache hair feels like it's curling up and just <laughs> permanently tickling this thing. Uh, so, dog tooth. The premise of this movie is that there is a family with three children: one male, two females, and they're in. I'd, I'd say the age range of eight, eighteen, nineteen to thirty-five. Okay, and and the one of the girls is the oldest, one of the girls is the youngest. The guys in the middle. And the idea is that they have kept these kids in their compound. Um, and is this loosely based on a true story? I I don't think so. Okay. It'd be pretty fucked up if it was. But uh, they're they're keeping them very very isolated from the world. They don't get television. They don't have any outside contact except for there's one girl who comes in to, I guess, satiate the needs of the male. Yep. Yep, it's exactly what you're thinking. Uh, and they they teach them that certain words mean different things. Like, uh, like extortion means a cloud in the sky. Is this or, a Japanese film? Because this no, is like very old film. boy fucked up. Okay, it, it's a definitely a foreign film, and I can't remember what country it's from. Uh, but that's kind of the basic premise: is that they are just kind of fucking with their kids, and it's. 
I can't tell what the purpose of it is. Are they having sex with their kids? They're not having sex with their kids. Um, but at one point they do like the girl, I think her name's Christina, who's sleeping with the, the middle, the, the male child. Um, and that is one some... of his sisters that's sleeping with him. The kids no. are sleeping together. Well, no. This is the comfort woman that's been brought yes, in. Yes, this is the comfort woman who's been is brought she in. She brought in. She kidnapped off the streets. No, no. She's so she willingly, willingly yeah, came she's, in there. She's. I. Th- I think she works security at the place where the father works. So the father goes out. the The father and mother sure. can go out and do their own thing, and they've got them tricked into thinking that anything outside of these gates is like there are. <laughs> There are these beasts out there, which are actually just cats. And at one point, like a cat gets inside and they murder it with like hedge clippers. <laughs> what would they do with raccoons or dumpsters? Oh Jesus! Uh, It'd be apocalypse it, now, man. It would be. Yeah, they'd freak out. Um, and and the idea is that they can't leave this compound until their dog tooth falls out and grows back. And the dog tooth is just their canine, you know, canine tooth. Um, and I don't. I didn't get it. I hated it. Thought it was real dumb. But, but at some point, the so... comfort girl like stops being interested in this whole thing uh-huh. uh, because she gets into some weird, complicated situations you with don't the say. kids. Wow. Yeah, hmm. uh, and she ends up giving like videotapes to one of the daughters, and the father gets angry and beats her, and she doesn't come back. And so they pimp out the oldest girl to this middle child. And they start doing it's really fucking Why? disturbing okay, and weird. So where did you hear from So me? so the basic premise is what attracted me. Like these parents kind of isolating their children and teaching them things that are incorrect. Okay. I was like, okay, this might be a weird, interesting Psycholo- movie. psychology experiment. Yeah. So I went into it and did not expect what I got. Hmm. But I would not recommend it. It's pretty bad. Is it so have you seen uh what's that William Defoe movie? Antichrist. You seen Antichrist? I saw like five minutes of it because I did not. Oh, you like didn't it. finish it? Uh, no, God, no, I didn't finish it. Because <sighs> I was gonna say, like, I want to see, like, on a dis- on a disturbing scale where it stacked up to that. I because I don't the opening scene of that is so fucked up. That, it is that I I was like, nope. I felt ill, but I kept watching. <laughs> uh, and I would say that, like, I I don't regret seeing that movie. I never want to see it again. That's but the thing. like I I don't know. Like I'm trying to see how that stacks up. Like, is this just exploitative and is this like human centipede or is this like old boy like old boy is disturbing and fucked up but i'm glad i saw it and i would recommend people seeing it human centipede i'm never going to see i don't give a shit like until it's commissioned if it's if someone commissioned that i would watch it because i'm a professional but i Uh would kind of secretly hate the person that commissioned it yeah uh (laughs) it's it's more along the human centipede really yeah see i don't i I don't would not recommend it like i said i don't have any patience for that kind of stuff like the tour like i don't even like um i like fucked up stuff though i didn't i didn't know about of antichrist because it was too fucked up i just wasn't in the mood for it like I saw it and was like, "This is not what I." Yeah, down if you're, for. it's like doing LSD. If you do not have the right mindset, like if you're feeling bad about yourself or kind of hopeless about your place in life, that I don't know, maybe it'd warp you back around uh, to, to the positive. But I wouldn't. Are, no. I wouldn't chance it. I would not chance it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we want to talk about, man? We're about. I think I'm. I'm yeah, about, I think I think we're good. Uh, I got Fifty Shades out finally. Yeah, it took an hour to do it, but uh, Anthony B says, "From what I hear, Fifty Shades is also a cheap retelling of Nine and a Half Weeks. I've never seen Nine and a Half Weeks, so I wouldn't know." Is that Ryan? Uh... No, it's Kim Bassinger and oh uh, yeah, the old. I'm thinking Nine Months is what I'm thinking. No, it's the Mickey Rourke, I believe. Mickey Rourke and Kim huh. Bassinger. Okay, but never saw that. Yeah, uh, 
that is a movie with a good reputation. So cheap retailing at best. Um, but yeah, the Twilight pair, because I know a lot about Twilight. I've seen all the movies through the glory of Rift Tracks. Yeah. And I highly recommend everyone like you should that de- you should get the first Rift Tracks version of Twilight and watch it because it is high hysterical. And all of yep. them are funny, but I think the first one is the funniest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, check that out. That's my recommendation. Give uh, Fifty Shades a pass. Uh, if like I say, like if you just want to sit down with your lady and get 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 freaky, like anything on Cinemax is better than that. Yeah, go in back fact, to Red Shoe Diaries. Get in some fact, data I saw like it's funny because as soon as we shut off Fifty Shades of Grey, it was like twelve thirty. Uh, I mean, Cecily. And you were off it. You were just like, no, nah, we're not doing anything tonight. <laughs> I wasn't going there. Oh, okay. um, but uh, man, what the hell? I thought I bookmarked that. There was something on Cinemax. It was it, we the Cinemax was the channel it was on when we stopped it. And it was like. It was a more successful version of Fifty Shades. OK, it was this I think it was called oh, I think it's called Pleasure or Pain. Mm hmm. And it was no shit like porn stars, amateur like porn stars acting in it. And they gave that like flat, really terrible acting kind of performance for everything. Yeah. Like the pizza man's at your door with his dick in the box. and Kind of. Uh, but not like that crude. But like Carl the, the, Hungus it was, sort of stuff. No, it wasn't like that. So, <laughs> okay. so it wasn't like, I, 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 you, you know, plumber coming by, you guys need your pipes adjusted or you need your pipes cleaned. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't that bad. It's like someone wrote some psychological thriller type dialogue and then gave it to Shakespeare in the park actors who like a normally take the clothes movie? off even were like, I, I, it's, it's really hard mm. to describe like a, just a really, the, the, I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Pleasure and pain. If you're interested, pleasure or pain, check it out. It's, 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 uh, Fifty Shades is a cheap retelling of that. I'll leave, okay. leave it to that. All right, guys. Thanks for having lunch with us. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're actually going to start our work on a commission. Uh, next mission cast this afternoon. It is three ten to Yuma. Yeah, is the next one. Which on I slate. thought was letters to Iwo Jima, but <laughs> 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 or letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, you're halfway in. This isn't. What is it going to be about World War II? Yeah, where's Clint Eastwood? What What's the going fuck? on? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for commissioning that, Anthony. And I hope you enjoy your podcast. We will see you guys later. Bye bye. See you.